Welcome back to the table, you knuckleheads. I am your host, as always, Joe Newbauer at Joe Knows MMA. This is my co-host, and joining us at the table today is Sean Newbauer at the MMA Insomniac, as we are going to sit here and discuss and debate everything and anything that involves the mixed martial arts world. Because this is Better Fight Cast. And on that note today, Sean Newbauer, how was your weekend full of mixed martial arts action? What did you watch? Actually, let me just rephrase this whole question. I need to know first and foremost, who won that fight on Saturday night between, between Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Darren Till? I don't know. I still have no idea. I mean, I'm, I, I don't think it was a robbery like everybody thinks it was. But I can't really say in favor of Stephen Thompson that he definitely, you know, blew that fight out. Or it was clear to me that he won the fight. It was a super close fight. Kind of frustrating to watch at times. But if, I mean, it's which way do you judge it? Now, if they had a copy strike or they showed, you know, how many strikes were landed, I'm sure Stephen Thompson outstruck Darren Till. But then on the other side of that, who had octagon control? Darren Till. Who had... The, the crowd in his favor with every punch he threw, there'd be a roar of the crowd, Darren Till. Who had a knockdown in the fight in the fifth round, Darren Till. So I'm not mad at the decision. I mean, either way, it was going to be controversial. But to me, it was one of those fights, like, how do you judge that? It's one of those rare times, like, I'm glad I'm not a judge because I wouldn't have known how to judge that. Yeah, I'm not jealous of the judges in this situation, but you just hit it on the head. I mean, first of all, let's give some love to the Liverpool crowd. I get so amped up when the UFC goes to places like this, and the crowd is just so invested from the first fight to the last. I, I love the camaraderie. I wish I was there live. I really wish I could. My next event that I go to, I don't want to go stateside. I want to go somewhere out of the country with a crowd like that, whether it's Liverpool, whether it was like Chile. The weekend before Ireland, that's the place I want to go because they seem to be the most fun as far as live atmosphere goes. The the one thing I can say about this fight is, you know, it had me at the Sweet Caroline, the entrance. Like, oh, that the, was the awesome. entrance was amazing. And then, you know, then they the, the probably unless he fights Tyron Woodley ever again, the only time you'll ever hear Stephen Thompson get booed for the rest of his career. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing about the crowd that made it unique for this fight was. I believe if this fight would have been a main event in Vegas or even Los Angeles or somewhere like that, that fight would have gotten booed out the building. But because it was in Liverpool and Darren Till was a hometown guy, it was their first you know, UFC event in Liverpool. The crowd made the fight, to me personally watching it, better than what the fight actually was. And let's get into the fight. Now, my thoughts on the winner of the fight, which, by the way, that was a good assessment. I, I agree 100%. If it was in Vegas, we would have heard the Ric Flair woos. There was beginning woos early in the crowd at Liverpool, but you're right. I I believe they would have been getting booed for non-action mm -hmm. if this was in, if this was stateside. Yeah, I mean, some people are calling it the technical masterpiece, and other people are calling it a technical dance dance revolution. Okay, I don't know which one I'm on yet. I, I did see some greatness. Uh, it is what it is, and the fight happened. It was it was a very controversial decision. I think it, it it's just one of those fights. It was going to be controversial either way. I've seen this. I remember when it was Diaz versus Condit. I remember back in the day when it was Rampage versus Forrest Griffin. It's one of those fights when I ask any two people who won this fight, both people have a different view. One person is staying Wonderboy. The other person is staying Darren Till. My personal opinion on it, I gave it to Darren Till. And this is why. 
take fight metric out of it. Usually I say the numbers don't lie. And I love having the fight metric, the comp you strike. I love comparing that to who the winner was. But in this one, it was fairly relatively even. And I think you have to negate that in your decision. You have to use what you saw either in that building or on the TV screen when you watch that fight. It's what you saw with your eyes. And what I saw was Darren Till pushing the pace. But he even take, even take away the pace, it, it was about even. Okay. There, there wasn't a big jump on either side. Um, my biggest point is rounds one through four, and I'm not jealous of the judges because they had a hard job in Liverpool for this main event. Through one through four, I just sum it up as all four of them were a draw. Nobody clearly won any of those rounds. It could have went either way, and you could have just ruled them a draw for all four rounds. And then you get to the fifth. And in that fifth round, when Darren Till came out and hit Wonderboy Thompson with that strike, which dropped him and was the only knockdown in this fight, that's where I said Darren Till should get the nod. It's the only round, the fifth round, that you can conclusively give it to one fighter. And that one fighter is Darren Till. Plus the home field advantage, everything else that goes into it, I think the judges got it right. It could have went a draw, but it didn't. And now we have to move forward. I actually agree with the decision. And my main question is, what's your opinion? Does Darren Till get a title fight off of this victory? To me, it all depends on timing. Because on one hand, you have, you have two fighters from the last two weeks. They both had a brass ring. They could have went out and grabbed it. And neither of them really did. Now, now I know one's Darren Till. Who's the... Oh, Kamaru Usman. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually more down to see Darren Till fight Usman at this point. I think that, that that would actually be a great fight. One of the points I was going to allude to in that fight is like a lot of times we get excited when two guys have similar styles. Sometimes it can equate to a good fight. Some A lot of times it doesn't, and that's what happened in this case. Now, I think you put the wrestling-heavy Usman against you know Till, you got the you know contrast of styles. I think that would be I, – I personally think it would be a barn burner. Because we'll see. Because Till's going to come in with that striking. Usman's going to have to figure it out. Or Usman's going to dominate on the ground. Which would be fascinating in its own right. Because then we'll see Till is a pretender at that point. Going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Steven Thompson already shows he, he's there. He, he, he's, he can contend. I think it's going to depend on timing. I don't think Usman's going to get the shot. Because he beat a less ranked guy. A guy that's coming off a loss before that. A guy that's older. So if I had to pick... Till could get the next shot, but I think it has a lot to do with timing and when T. Wood can come back. And then we got to see, you know, two weeks from now, how's that interim title fight pan out? Because if one of those guys wins and wins very convincingly, and if they can do a, you know, I wouldn't say a quick turnaround, but if they turn around within three months, you could always book that. So it's just, it's still a wait and see. The only mm -hmm. problem is I think Usman or Till had golden opportunities to just jump the shark, jump the line, and get the title shot. But neither of them really did it convincingly enough to do it. My stance is Till does not get the title shot with this victory. Now, he did go in there and, in my eyes, beat the number one ranked Stephen Thompson, which should usually jump him all the way to the top. But then you move on to this interim title fight that's happening in two weeks, less than two weeks, in Chicago. Why are we making interim titles if we don't plan on bringing the titles together? Why are we creating a silver medal when the end goal is there's only one gold? Okay, so I mean, it would just be completely clueless and, and, and I think foolish to have Darren Till jump 
the line over everybody and 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 get the title shot just because his popularity um and his popularity is mostly in you know the european market not in the u.s um but also because it's got to be punishment because let's not forget darren till came in three and a half pounds oh, overweight totally for this fight. Oh, I forgot about that. He came in heavy. It was the big news, and it brought up controversy and, and the debate again. I don't know what's going on with these kids that are 25 years old in these big spotlight fights, and they keep missing weight. I don't know if it's just a young thing. I don't know if it's just because, um, you know, they're still trying to figure out their bodies. Uh, they're not practicing good. I, I don't know what it is. Supposedly he has an excuse, but at the end of the day, he came in three and a half pounds overweight in the biggest fight of his life. Do I think that weight was the reason he won against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson? I absolutely do not. Because he did meet the demands of coming in less than 188 pounds the next day. And he did forfeit 30% of his purse to Stephen Thompson. And at the end of the day... Stephen Thompson still accepted that fight, so I'm not. I, and it wasn't a it wasn't a fight where I thought Darren Till used his weight to win. So I mean, I just completely put that out. But there has to be some form of punishment. You have to come in professional and you have to make weight. You know, it reminds me of really a lot of Kevin Lee in Atlantic City. All the promise in the world. I mean, if it wasn't for the one pound being off, who knows? And and I don't just say that it's the UFC's fault. I mean, the numbers, they have literally doubled since they've started doing the early morning weigh-ins. They literally have doubled the weight mishaps than when they used to do the weigh-ins later. But there's one big key difference to this that everybody's forgetting. Even when they weighed in later, you know, they were weighing at like 6 or 7 o'clock at night, they used to have that two-hour allowance if they missed weight. You know, Darren Till wasn't given that two-hour allowance, just like Kevin Lee. I think if Kevin Lee would have been given that two hours in Atlantic City, he would have made the wait. Why did they stop that? I, the commissions are so different in every state, and I still 100% believe it is the biggest problem in mixed martial arts today. Is the commissions are not all on board in every state, and the rules and 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 weight programs are all different from every state across the board. It, it is so messed up. Like I get how the the, the weight cutting can be tough for a little bit now because they are earlier, so like you have to sleep without eating anything and all that. As opposed to when they were later, they had all day uh -huh. to like prepare themselves. Yeah, and cut the weight all day. I can see how the earlier morning weigh-ins definitely affect that. But not giving the two-hour allowance, that's just weird to me. It's and very like, weird also. To me, it's like I'm bittersweet on it because like I see that there, there's more people missing weight. So I'm like, okay, that's a problem. But at the same time, I like the fact that they get to rehydrate better before the fight. So I do like that aspect a lot better. Like they're not going in there so depleted mm -hmm. anymore. So I honestly like the California 10-must system. I like what they did. The, the rules they implemented in California... They really are like the juggernauts of this, in my opinion. I think that's the one to follow, where people are health are, are cutting the weight in a healthy manner. That's what I think is most important. But I mean, it's not all about the weight. Um, Till because of this, you know, I think he has to have one more fight, one more big marquee fight before I think he gets that title on. Book him and Usman, mm -hmm. and then you know, because I'm seeing like they're saying Tyron Willie could come back in August. He doesn't have to come back in August. I think I think UFC's trying everything they can to sweeten that August card up mm -hmm. for whatever reason they're really trying to do it. But I do believe that um, 
if if Tyron was to end up fighting in September, unless injury happens in that interim title fight, you know, you could have that work out. But you know, like I said, that that fight has two weeks to, to yeah. play out. If if the fight still happens in today's MMA, we're all like, you don't even know if the fight's yeah. going to happen yet. So Till needs to stay ready, though. One injury away, yep. he needs to stay ready. He's there. Yep. He's there. He's got some proving to do after this, but you know, he he's had six fights in the UFC. This is his second weight mishap. He has made it four other times. There's nothing saying he can't make it. And on this instance right here, he does say. From what I gathered, there is a logical excuse to this. He just has not came out with it yet. Yeah, but I was hearing like his his pregnant preg- girlfriend. Yeah, he's in the hospital. Like so let's 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 give judgment and and do you not think there's a call for a rematch between Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Darren Till? I don't think so. Move him on, right? Yeah, move him on. The fu- the first fight wasn't to me. It wasn't action packed enough, and it, it just I I don't I don't have a desire to see a second one. Especially not right, right now. now. I think there's no. a rematch down the road, but I don't think it's there yet. I, I agree 100%. But what about the rest of the card? Was there anything else on that card that stuck out to you? Anything else you were impressed with? I mean, it was a good card. Um, I thought the first round of Amir Khani and Knight, that was about as great of a round in MMA as you can mm-hmm. get. Um, I don't think Amir Khani Who did you won judge that. that fight for? I gave it to Knight. You thought night one? I kind of did because, like, even though I get the takedowns, and I guess you could see it how Americani won two rounds out of three, but it was the fact that he wasn't even like doing, doing round and pound. Yeah. He wasn't doing anything. It reminded me of old UFC, like when guys would do that. And I was like, man, like if he was at least striking him or trying to advance the position, I'd be like, okay. But he was literally holding him. And then I and, and some of the fault I put on Jason Knight because he, he kept was, pulling that rubber guard. He kept pulling guard all fight long, and sometimes I'm thinking like, especially when he had him hurt, I'm like, dude, just do anything, just don't do that because you're just putting yourself on the bottom, and it's it's mm-hmm. making the other guy look like you know he's controlling what's going on right now. So, but I thought that was a good fight. I'm well, so- that goes in with the rules too, the new rules, the criteria. Remember when they came out with the new rules of mixed martial arts on yeah. on how you judge and 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 and, and you know ultimately give a fighter a decision um in that fight i thought jason knight i mean first of all that should have been a 10-8 first round he dropped him twice i really think if he had 10 more seconds on the clock he was going to submit yeah in the first round amir khan yeah mr finley i thought he was going to get him and then in the last two rounds it's it's crazy because it's almost like two of the judges saw it in that old school nostalgia of mixed martial arts where for some reason a takedown is bigger than anything else I mean, you can do. I was listening to a lot of people's point of view on this, and I'm, I'm sorry, like they'll they'll dismiss takedown sometimes, mm-hmm. but a takedown doesn't come easy. It doesn't MMA. come easy, but it depends on what you do with it. Yeah, you know, uh, just because they got one takedown doesn't mean he wins the whole fight. Because let's figure out what what hurts more, a takedown or a punch to the face. And the thing about Jason Knight was when Amir Connie got. Jason Knight to the ground, and Jason Knight had the rubber guard, he wasn't doing anything with it. There wasn't shots being thrown, elbows, knees, not even punches to the ribs. Actually, it was Jason Knight taking his heel, and he kept striking Amir Khani in the ribs. And I thought it should have been stood up a lot more than what it was, because I thought there was a lot of stalling. As far as what some MMA referees do, I mean, that's another discussion in itself, when a fight should get stood up and when it shouldn't. Some people believe it never should. 
But I just thought that Amir Khani, he got a takedown, but he didn't do anything with it. I thought Jason Knight was even more aggressive from his back than Makwani was on top. So really, if I looked at it by the new set of rules from MMA judging, I thought that fight shouldn't have been anything less than a draw. Because I gave 10-8 first round to Jason Knight. And even if you scored Makwani the last two rounds, you know, it ended up as a draw. So it's a tricky one, but it was a good fight. It's a shame none of them got a bonus. Um, but they but still had mad. four other bonuses to give out. I wasn't mad that they out. didn't because the first round was so great, but the second, third round, it kind of died off a little bit. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of good finishes that night. Actually, I think some people got robbed of their finishing bonuses. I thought there was a girl that fought on... Jillian Robertson. That's it. That, I know a lot of people weren't talking about her, but that girl could be a real contender soon. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know much about the meatball girl, but uh, <laughs> she that's like her second or third mm-hmm. finish in the UFC in a row. Oh, the one other thing, Arnold Allen. How impressed were you with him? I was, but I wasn't. The come from I was impressed that he found a way round. to win. Yeah. But I also think, like, as he keeps climbing up the ladder, the good thing is he's young. And he is a real prospect. They but, both were young. Maz Burnell's a great fighter, yeah, too. But, he's, but the only thing I'll say is, Maz Burnell made a mistake. But Arnold Allen's got some real holes to work on. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of guys that are higher up that would, you know, mm-hmm. would have not falling for this that. is something i love about a junkyard dog i can come back and pull off a victory yeah. after being it was weird because that was beat. one of those fights like it was on and i'm like all right I'm, i was so pumped for the main event and while that fight was going like you know it was kind of boring i'm not gonna like i'm not trying to knock it or anything like that but it was kind of boring to watch so i was like you know spacing off looking at my phone like doing everything else and the next thing i know they just said i just heard on the tv guillotine and i'm like okay so i pay attention it was over just like that and i was mm-hmm. like wow wasn't expecting that Come on, Sean. You know better than to take your eye off the prize in a mixed martial arts fight. It's it's always killed or be killed at. Well, especially any this time. year, I feel like we're getting a lot of them. A lot of these late third round finishes. But I mean, Fighters let's be honest better. here. I just saw two rounds of the guy take him mm-hmm. down and you know control him from there. And in the third round, it was going the same way. I was like, all right, well, I'll see how this fight might be. Not going. only the men, but even the women. The women are slowly getting better. Yeah. The women still have some catching up to do, but they'll get there. It's still brand new. Especially some of those divisions, they're still evolving. But the men, you know, the fighters are just getting a lot better nowadays. They're they're, they're more technical everywhere. They're more well-rounded. They're they can last longer. Their cardio is better. Everything's just coming together right now. But moving on from Liverpool, which by the way, what a grand slam of of a knockout of the park as far as like a, you know a slam dunk so to speak as they went to Liverpool for the first time sold it out within like 10 minutes a 1.3 million dollar live gate the crowd was ecstatic and I gotta say Darren Till's entrance was something special it actually kind of reminded me of the Anthony Joshua fight that just happened recently when they were in, over in England and I was talking about how great the entrances were like that type of entrance for Darren Till kind of was reminiscent of that without the pyros and stuff it was just very, very cool. Yeah, I to hope watch. they never do pyros. I, mean, I know, so I know, pumped. some other people do all yeah. the. Py- I, I don't like that. I don't but it had you the pyros. so pumped for as soon as he got in that octagon. But let's move over to the other product. The thing we watched. What was it? Friday night. Friday night. Friday night on tape delay, on the Paramount Network, Bellator 200. What was your thoughts on Bellator 200? Sounds like it was a great. It was a great action card. They, you didn't watch it. No. Oh, Well, man. I made the mistake of forgetting that it was tape delay. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting at home, and I was just checking out social media. Next thing I know, I see winners. And I was like, it like literally, there was like a post that had like three winners, but the main event. And I was you were like, home. You could have probably streamed it. 
I don't I don't mess with all that. Okay. Um, but you know, I don't know how to do it either. But I, I had already seen like how Phil Davis won. I'd seen that MVP won. The only thing I didn't know was the main event. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, well, I'll just. There's no point of watching this. I know how these guys won and everything. So I'm not one of those people. Like once I know the result, I don't need to see it again. There's fights that I've seen a second time here and there, but it's not like if if I see the results, I don't need to watch it again. Now I was smart enough. I was busy on Friday and Sunday, and both of them were not in your realm of usual. I will say this arts. though: let's let's wait and see how the ratings play out because I thought it was kind of cool that UFC was live during the day. It was a Sunday though, They've so done I that guess before. I can see Remember that. the Gustafsson and Teixeira fight? Yeah, I guess I can see that because it was a Sunday. If, if well, Bellator... they did a little over half a million viewers, and I think they deemed that as a success. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But daytime TV, like, you know, it's different. But, like, maybe Bellator. I, I just find it weird that Bellator in 2018 is still doing tape delays. Yeah. I find that bizarre. Like, if they would have even just held it on Saturday, they could have even played it during the day. Well, it's like, for the international events. And what Bellator is doing, it to me, I think they're trying to just make sure the live market that they're in is getting the right feeling. Like, they're, they're doing it on their time and not on North America time. But their, their audience is mainly North America. Not what I'm seeing with Bellator 200. Now, from what I'm getting out of that Bellator 200 event, they went over to London. First of all, this is their landmark. It should have been a landmark event. And they went over to London. And their Bellator is making a huge push towards that UK market. And I think it's because 1FC has Asia. They are. They are the UFC over there. 1FC dominates Asia. The UFC dominates North America. That's that's a fact, and Brazil and Canada, and well, when they go there, yeah, and Canada, and they will later this year and probably do great. But yes, they dominate other markets. They're very good in the UK, but I wouldn't say they dominate it. You have so many other promotions in the UK, like like Cage Warriors is very popular, Bama. So I see Bellator trying to hit a market that they see is open for the taking, especially with the certain type of stars they have right now, and. Let me tell you what, I mean, they're even coming out with a reality show over there in the UK where they're building talent up. Sounds kind of like an Ultimate Fighter type of thing. And Bellator's doing that. This is my problem. And I I don't mean to knock on Bellator for this. Like, I get it. They're trying to go for another market, this and that. It just sounds like what what UFC did 10 to 12 years ago. Aaron, these fights on tape delay. Now they're trying to put a show over there that, like, builds talent. I'm like, this is what UFC did 10 to 12 years ago. It's not – well, also, remember who owns Bellator? We always forget. I can't blame it all on them. This is all – it's Spike TV. They were the ones doing this stuff. They're wrong. It's Paramount Network. Well, now it's Paramount Network, and it's more of a – which, by the way, Bellator (laughs) is not a fit on that network. It's so weird. And we're going to get to networks here in a couple minutes. But Bellator on the Paramount Network, it just doesn't seem like a fit. No. But all I can do is tell you what I saw on Friday night when I watched Bellator 200. I thought the event was fire. I thought it was very good. Uh, I liked it. I liked the Phil Davis versus Linton Basil fight. I actually liked this event more without Mirko Krokop versus Roy Nelson. Because you kind of got to see the real talent. See, if that fight was still on, I would have known it was on tape delay. And I would have never made a mistake. Okay, but now in the main event, Gegard Mousasi came out and blew right through Rafael Carvalho. He really made this look easy. And afterwards, Rory McDonald jumped right on the social media and stated he wants to fight Gegard Mousasi. Since then, Gegard Mousasi has shown interest. Everybody has shown interest that I've heard so far except Bellator. 
Now, here's my view over the last couple weeks of Bellator. I have spent, I think, the first half of this year just dogging them. I've been very critical. I've been very hard on them. But from what I've seen since that Fedor versus Mir event, first of all, that main event, like I said, was their first main moment. Fedor knocked out Frank Mir, and you set up, not in my eyes, as a huge fight, but from what everybody else is talking about and buzzing about, you set up Frank Mir, I mean, I'm sorry, you set up Fedor Emelianenko versus Shao Sonnen. That's going to be a pretty good fight for them. But then you go into the next fight card, and your guy that you picked from the UFC, Ryan Bader, who's already your light heavyweight champion, disposes of King Mo. And Bader's looked better than ever lately. So you have him to build on now, especially with him versus Matt Mitrione. Another very interesting fight, in my opinion. And then, of course, you had Aaron Pico, who you'll watch against anybody. Now you move over to Bellator 200. Now, in this main event, Gegard Mousasi officially becomes the champ. You know, he officially comes to middleweight champion. It's probably what Bellator wanted. I would definitely think so, as Gegard Mousasi is arguable. If Gegard Mousasi was in the UFC still, we would probably be seeing Gegard Mousasi versus Robert Whitaker in Chicago. That's a fact, if you really think about it. Mousasi would have been the one that, taken, that would have taken that fight against Luke Rockhold. And with a victory, he would be fighting Robert Whitaker right now. He was on a five-fight win streak. His last one being over Chris Weidman. It's a pretty big deal. You already have Roy McDonald as your welterweight champ. Now I'm actually starting to see things line up. You have Roy McDonald as your welterweight champion. You have Gegard Mousasi as your middleweight champion. And Ryan Bader as your light heavyweight and potentially also your heavyweight champion. You now have legit talent at the top of your cards. They came in and did what they were supposed to do. And now we're looking at Gegard Mousasi versus Roy McDonald. They're calling for each other, and there's no other way you can put it. That's a big fight. Would you not be interested in that fight? The best Bellator can do right now. As a hardcore fan, I'd be interested, but here's the problem with Bellator. Whenever they put on good fights like that, nobody cares. That's the problem. We're going to see what these ratings did with Gegard Masasi headlining this event, but there's a distinct possibility they didn't do great. Well, the, the thing is, they can finally get their product if they can get away from all the old-timers, they have potential but they're to make not. big fights. Their big fights could be Fedor and Shell. And right now, I look at it, and all the fans are screaming. MMA fans that you have, they are screaming for this fight. I just saw it on the MMA Hour. It is the fight everybody wants to see in Bellator. This right now is what's going to show me the future of Bellator. Scott Cooker has it in his hands. Gegard Mousasi said he wants to fight Rory McDonald. Rory McDonald wants to fight Gegard Mousasi. They don't have anybody else in their division right now to fight them. You can try to do two separate title fights. This is the time right now to pull the trigger on this fight. You have to get it done. If you don't get it done, you're just going to keep taking a step backward. Right now, you have to get this fight done. But here's where I can see why they wouldn't. It's what UFC stayed away from forever. And here's, here's what I have with it. A, how much does this fight really draw? We don't know yet. B, you have your two champions fighting each other, okay? So you have your middleweight champion and your welterweight champion fighting each other, probably at middleweight. So you're going to have just Roy McDonald have two division champ, but you got an investment in both those guys. They paid a lot of money to get both those guys. Do you really want to waste it on one fight that you're not even sure is going to draw that well As yet? a fan, yes. As yes. a fan, I'm we would like to see it, but I'm just fan. saying, you got to think of Bellator, though. But, they don't, but, but are they going to get ratings put in... 
Gegard Musasi against uh, what's it, who they sign? Melvin Manhoff. Like who's next? Rafael Lovato Jr. Like what about Rory McDonald? What's he do the rematch with Douglas Lima? Who's next? There is nobody. You could finally give MVP Look, a I real came, fight. I came, I came out of Bellator 200 going, wow. If they can put Gegard Mousasi versus Rory McDonald together, you have Bader versus Mitrione later this year. I'm not even going to really count off the old playbook. I think they need to let themselves establish themselves as dominant champions. They got to at least defend their title once. I guess so. I disagree. And then in the co-main event, okay. MVP was fighting Dave Rickles. I know we kind of slaughtered it because we didn't think, you know, Dave Rickles is a lightweight. We're still waiting to see MVP get really that legit competition that we've been begging for. Most notably, Paul Daly. I still don't understand how Paul Daly versus MVP was not on this event in Bellator 200 in London. That's crazy to me. But the crowd was so electric for MVP. They are behind this guy. They were chanting MVP throughout the whole fight. And let's get on to his performance. Dave Rickles, you do consider him a good fighter, right? Whether he's a lightweight or not, he is a good fighter, correct? Yeah, but... Would give I, a lot of guys a tough challenge? I still say, you know, it's still that, that weight difference. Okay, well, let me My tell you My problem what. with it is I heard he looked great, and I get that. I was blown away. My I was blown away I by MVP's guys, performance. him fight guys that's relevant in his division. This is like his fifth or sixth Bellator fight, and he's not fighting anybody that's, you know, real in that division. I can't believe if Bellator was to have a top ten at welterweight, five or six fights in, and he's won them all, he still hasn't fought one of them. That just makes no sense it to me. It makes no sense to me, but all I can do is go off of this performance I saw. I mean, I'm still complaining about him fighting that boxing match. Like, what are we doing? And this is where I say it again. The ball is in Bellator's court. You have this guy MVP. He looks every bit as a top star. Not just in Bellator, but the world. He looked fantastic. I was blown away by his performance. I well, was... here's the thing. Bellator's in quite the pickle, aren't they? Because doesn't he only have one fight left on his contract? I don't know all that. I, mean, I think he does, but I don't know all that. I'm hearing they're, they are going to try to get him and Daly to go next. You have to. Finally. Whether it's him and Daly. I, you know what? I won't even be the most upset. I do think him versus Daly is the absolute fight you got to book. But I wouldn't even be the most upset about that. I just want to see him against one of their top welterweights. That's all I'm asking. I don't care who it is. Brennan Ward. You can give him John Fitch. You can give him any of those guys. I don't care. They have Lorenz Larkin. Lorenz Larkin, Douglas Lima, any of them, I don't They have care. one division that's actually kind of stacked, and it's welterweight, and this guy hasn't fought one of them yet. I just need to see him fight a top welterweight, and I'm going to be super excited. It gets These fights <clears throat> that I'm talking about, Masasi off of Bellator 200, this Musasi versus Rory McDonald, and MVP against any legit welterweight, has me excited for the Bellator product. And that's where I'm getting at. I think they finally are starting to build some momentum here. You're seeing these guys that they signed to big money pan out. You're seeing some of these younger guys rise. Like, let's just do something right. This is what makes the UFC better than every other organization. They always book the right fights nine times out of ten. Going That's back, a fact. Going back to why I would say I wouldn't do that, um, Musasi... McDonald, that's the reason why. Because you have two people that's still new to Well, Bellator. they're doing Stipe versus DC. In UFC. Well, they, they defended their title multiple times. Okay. But they don't have people to defend against. This this is my thing. And as a fan, 
What fight do you want to see the most? My problem right is because Bellator? Bellator has Bellator has its own audience. Let these people know what I I'm, I bet you most people don't even know those guys are the champions. Well, I'm just speaking as a fan, and there's a lot like me and you who's hardcore fans. The number one fight I want to see in Bellator right now is that Musasi versus McDonald. I am highly interested in that fight. The only other thing, curveball they can do is unless they get some big free agent signing from either middleweight or welterweight, which I haven't seen yet, I don't know who they can bring in to fight these guys because nothing else really interests me. That's the fight to me. That's the number one fight on my docket. We'll see what happens. It's completely up to Bellator what goes on here. We're going to agree to disagree on this one, but we're going to have to move on. And now we are going to talk about... we. I feel so late talking about this now since literally we talked last Tuesday and then this news really broke Wednesday. We already knew the digital content deal where ESPN Plus was getting $150 million and 20, I mean 15 UFC events. Well then the rest of it came out. ESPN bought all the TV rights. UFC and Walt Disney are officially shaking hands. The UFC is now a product of ESPN. And what is your thoughts on it? Is this the greatest deal in history, as Dana White said? And was there anything the UFC could have done better than this deal that was made last week? I think it financially, Dana White said it best. He said, how's this deal not a home run? We could pick it apart all we want. Is this going to work? Is that going to work? But when he says, we went from $175 million to a year to $300 million a year, yeah, it's a home run. They just got. They, they're going to make 125 million per, more per year. I think it's 160 actually. Maybe I don't know. We're talking to me, but either way, yeah, over 100 yeah. million dollars. They're making they more pretty much year. doubled. Yes. <laughs> so, in that sense, yeah, they're they're financially secure for five years. They're fine. What, what would they say? The the, the the it was all worth like 1.5 billion. 1.5 billion dollars. So WME, that four billion dollar price tag, they're getting it back. Because they're still making money off pay-per-views, and they've already had a couple big fights under their regime. Like you know, I'm sure they got something for Floyd. And here's Connor the biggest and... thing that I think everybody's missing when they talk about because they're all everybody hangs on every word so literal. When Ari Emanuel and Patrick Whitesell first bought this company, and they sold it thinking they were going to get what was it a year like over 400 million a year in mm -hmm. TV rights. Um, I mean, everybody scoffed at it and, and, and said whatever, but that was business 101. They're coming from $160 million a year, and they're trying to get a lot more in their TV. Because right now, let's face it, Fox got a deal. They got a great deal out of the UFC product yeah. for seven years. They really, I mean, that was a steal for them. And the other thing is, the UFC was letting everybody know right then and there, every cable network... That if you want us to pay, I mean play, you have to pay. We are not cheap. We are definitely looking for a big bump in increase for our TV rights. I think you're shooting for the $400 million and they got $300 million, which is almost double what they had before. And I think if, if ratings wow. didn't decrease in the past like couple years, I think they would have gotten higher. But at the same time, like... It's just crazy how much they got. Because I don't know how much higher. I mean, this is, it, this is the, a lot. The thing I like about it from UFC so much is... They're satisfying both ends. So they're going to do 20 
on the subscription package, ESPN mm-hmm. Plus, and they're going to do 10. On ESPN. On e- well, either ESPN, ESPN2, who knows which one. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But the, 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 the best thing they have going for them is ESPN is, like, I thought it was a big deal they went to Fox Sports. I was like, oh, they're in the second. They're going to be taken seriously as a promo- as a fight league and as a sport. And, you know, they're going to look like, you know, real a real sport. Now that they got ESPN, that's even bigger because that is still the worldwide leader in sports. So if ESPN takes more time now and you know plugs the UFC, it's going to be a home run. They're going to be more mainstream than they were before because Fox Sports 1, they helped them launch that network. But I look at the ratings comparisons and Fox Sports 1 does, it does okay for like a UFC event in NASCAR, but on the regular, they don't do as well as, UFC, as uh, ESPN. ESPN still blows them out the water. I'm talking all their shows, their and it's, daytime and then shows. And Fox Sports 1 is not in as many homes. No. So in that sense, it's a home run. If, if ESPN uh, plugs them. I thought Brennan Schaub said it best, though. He said, what the UFC doesn't want with this deal is to be the side chick. Because like, ESPN's still going to cater to NFL and NBA. Yeah, it has that's to. What they, but like he says, they just don't want to be like that little filler program they throw on. that You, you, know, you don't know that ESPN plays women's softball and all that crazy stuff. But um, I don't think so. I think they're going to promote it so big because they're making a huge investment. I'll, the UFC is making out big. Disney and ESPN could lose money mm-hmm. on this deal. So they're making a huge investment in it to help bring up that ESPN Plus subscription package. I mean, they're pretty much paying $10 million a fight. Yeah, that's right? a lot of money. They're paying pretty much. I mean, there is like other content. There's supposed to be a lot sprinkled in original content. The the, the Dana White, you know, Tuesday Night Contender series. Just take twenty shows alone a year on um, ESPN Plus. That's a that's a good amount. Well, the biggest realization I'm coming to with. First of all, I think I don't think they could have struck a better deal for what I have seen in the landscape of MMA since I started watching. And this is why we've seen mixed martial arts on network TV, like Big Fox. We've seen it on CBS. We've seen it on network TV. And I think I've said time and time again, I don't really think that's the place for it. I don't think it's that type of sport to be on that type of network. I just don't. I, I, I always thought it was more of a niche. It's it's violent at times. That, that, that. I thought a cable syndicated program. But ESPN is number one in the sports world and they just invested 1.5 billion dollars into the ufc that's 1.5 billion reasons why i have full confidence that espn is going to push the ufc with everything it has they're going to use its marketing machine it's going to be plastered all over everywhere the other difference is with fox sports and espn when you go to a bar or a restaurant do you ever see it on Fox Sports? Always on ESPN. Always on ESPN, too. The only problem is at the bars and stuff like that, I don't see them having ESPN Plus on. Well, it's a subscription service. Yeah. But they, but it goes back to what you were saying about which ESPN. Usually a TV, one of them has ESPN. The other one will have ESPN, too. <laughs> the other one will have ESPN News. ESPN dominates the market. And they're going to have other programming affiliated. Now, where it's all going to end up, I don't know yet as far as that aspect. But I do know that 20 of their events are going digital. We get so much content on TV now. This is a drastic change that I think a lot of people hasn't sunk in yet. 
20 out of their 42 events, which was confirmed there's going to be 42 UFC events a year moving on, 20 of them are on digital content. That is a huge change. That is a huge change. And it should be a plus for fans that complain about the six-fight main cars that came on FS1 that started at 10 o'clock and just dragged on for so long. Why? Probably because they didn't have anything else to put on. Yeah. What I like about it is, like, it sounded good for them if they would have gotten two networks, one pay more than the other. But I like the fact they went to one network because, good God, I got tired of figuring out what channel it's on. Well, that might not... Well, yeah, it does change for the most part. You're right, yeah. We know 20 events is coming on ESPN+. Plus. It's not uh-huh. coming on anywhere else. And 12 of them are supposed to be pay-per-view. Exactly. So, I mean, it could still get tricky. I don't know if they're carrying pay-per-view prelims or not. I think ESPN did pick up pay-per-view prelims. I don't know if that's on ESPN+, Plus mm-hmm. or ESPN, or maybe that's what they're going to try to have people keep Fight Pass for. I hope not. But, um, you know, I just hope, like, when they have an event, it's the channel they say it's going to be on. Because that's the only But with sports, you know, because you have live sports, live sports can go over. And ESPN doesn't have as much time to play around, though. I mean, they are jam-packed with content. Yeah. So, my biggest takeaway, and this is one of the last things about the ESPN deal, the way I sum it up, and why I think it's one of the biggest moves in the company ever, is it the biggest? Time will tell. But is it one of the biggest off just what I've seen so far, what I'm hearing? Yes, and I'll tell you why. When we started watching this sport, I remember we were only watching six events a year of the UFC and whatever handful of Pride events that came on. They were only doing six in the whole year. Um, I remember when it was banned from pay-per-view. I remember when only like a handful of states would carry it. I remember the, the dog days, and then they even cleaned the sport up, and they still couldn't get on anything. We just got New York, what, two years ago? Yeah legalize MMA in New York. I mean, look how far we've come. I remember when ESPN wouldn't broadcast the UFC or even give it attention. They said it wasn't a real sport. The days of human cockfighting, the days of of all the garbage that I was told about this sport, and I always defended it. I had to defend it to so many people. This deal with ESPN and the fact that it's with them for the next five years shows everybody that this is a sport that is here to stay. And I can look at those naysayers and the people that used to tell me it'll never work and it'll go away. And The UFC wasn't worth $4.2 billion. The UFC wasn't this. The UFC wasn't that. Now I can look at them and say, I was right. I knew this was one of the biggest sports in the world. And ESPN spending $1.5 billion on it is also telling me so. I'm, I'm excited for UFC. I like the fact that a lot of events are coming on. ESPN Plus. I like it that it's more of a digital network. Tenor on cable. My only problem right now with it is the only complaint I have as a fan, and I'm waiting to see at the end of the day what it really is. They're saying they're still going to have Fight Pass events because Fight Pass is sticking around. No, that's not what I heard. Now, what I hear is it's something different. What I'm hearing is Fight Pass, is, they're gonna, they, they call it Fight Pass, but it's for around the world because ESPN Plus is U.S. only. Yeah. But we're still looking at 12 pay-per-views. That means I'm still going to have to pay $65 a month for a lot of their programming. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the only thing I don't care for. I don't think there's that many fights in a year that's worth going to pay-per-view for. I I really don't. That's just my opinion. I'm sticking to it. We'll see how the schedule pans out. My only thing is if if ESPN's paying paying that much money for it, they're going to need big fights for those ESPN. I don't think they need such big fights. 
Yeah, if they get on ESPN. Well, Till vs. Wonderboy would have been a huge fight for ESPN. Yeah, it would have been. Usman vs. Maya might have been an ESPN+. Plus. But they still don't feel no, like $10 No, because you need big events. fights on ESPN+. Plus because you it's behind a paywall now. You can't get away with Usman vs. Maya. I mean, maybe in time they can. We know they're going to have to do things like that. You would have wanted a Tillman vs. Wonderboy on ESPN+. Plus Because you need something. It's behind a paywall now. It's not free TV. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because it's not Fox. See, we keep looking at these big Fox events. Yeah, and maybe that's where we get it from. Where you know you're on big network TV. I see where you're coming from on yeah, this. Yeah, those ten UFC events on TV. It could, for all we know, it's on ESPN two or ESPN three or ESPN News. They could get away with something smaller. Mm-hmm. But behind what I'm saying is behind the ESPN Plus. You know, you're going to need something that's viable there because mm-hmm. part of the ESPN deal, if they do carry like. You know, pay-per-view prelims, they're, they're paying for that. And that's mm-hmm. that's worth alone because that brings in, you know, ratings as well. And then they got 10 standalone events. But, you know, the real money is what they're really investing in is that ESPN Plus package. You need the, the fights like Till vs. Wonderboy on that because you need people to actually pay. And, and, and I get it that this is a sport, as a fan, we've always come accustomed to paying for this sport. Not much has been given to us for free. This is the most expensive sport to follow. You know, of course, this and boxing. Um, But I'm still, I just don't think there's enough for 12 pay-per-views a year. That's the only disconnect I have. In a perfect scenario, I would see about six pay-per-views a year, and they would build up six events on their Fight Pass product like their pay-per-views, you know, like like the WWE does. Like, they put all their pay-per-views on their WWE network, you know, I mean, I wish that the UFC would take a little bit more of a gamble on themselves and, and put some better content on that fight pass because I think it could pan out well for them. Do I think that's for every fight? No, I do think there's some fights that are just undeniable. I would say the big difference the is there's still a lot more people that's willing to pay for a big UFC fight than anything else. Maybe boxing, but in combat sports, you know, big fights still work. Yeah, they, they absolutely make a lot do. of money. They absolutely do. They absolutely do. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the ESPN deal. All I can do is wait and see. Um, and I guess we'll just see what the first event is and take it from there. But the TV negotiations are now a done deal, and we know what the future of the UFC is looking like. And my last question to you is, do you like what the future looks like? I do. I'm excited for it. Because not only does ESPN Plus get the um, the fights, they get the, they get the Contender Series as well. Contender Series, pay-per-view prelims. Is it pay-per-view prelims on They there? get pay-per-view oh, prelims I was just on talking. Not on ESPN+. Plus. I think that's on ESPN. I don't, that, I don't know. That's I where it's that like up. murky for me. I don't know. Because ESPN, it's worth it. Because they're, they're pretty much paying the same for each. But like ESPN, it'd be worth it if they get all the pay-per-view prelims because they, they can do decent. Especially if it's a big pay-per-view, they do, they do pretty well. Yeah. And that could help UFC if, you know, now their pay-per-view prelims are on ESPN. It could be ESPN2 or whatever, but there's more people that typically tune into those channels than FS1. Or FX or FXX six. I don't know where they where they always land. So mm-hmm. hopefully, that's the thing I'm most optimistic for. Is like at least there's 20 shows where I know they're going to land. I just love the fact they're back on one network. Mm-hmm. All right, enough of this TV talk. Big news coming out yesterday, an OG of the sport. Right after the event in Liverpool, coming straight off the heels of a UK event that was very successful. UK's own Michael Bisping has officially announced his retirement. 
And Sean, I just want to get your opinion on what you think of Michael Bisping's career, what he's going to be known for, and do you think it's time to hang him up? Oh, he had a Hall of Fame career. Honestly, when he got his eye busted, I wish he hung him up sooner. I was kind of like, I don't know about you, but I was kind of like, when he was in there with his eye all messed up, I was kind of like nervous for him. Not me, he won the world title. I get that, but like still, every time, I was like, man, something seriously could go wrong here. I don't know what his vision's like or anything. But um, Hall of Fame career, the one thing I always liked about Bisping was he was one of those real fighters, would fight anybody. Anytime. Anytime. Um, fought in eight different countries throughout his career, isn't that crazy? Yeah. He had that European market. He just pretty much handed that baton off to Darren Till. He's fought in China, Australia, yeah. the UK, <laughs> London, United States. He's fought everywhere. Yeah. The man went anywhere they asked him to go. What, what I'm going to miss about Michael Bisping had a really good way of getting you hyped for his fights. He just knew how to do it. He knew how to get people to care about his fights and tune into his fights. I remember when UFC was on FX and, like, not, I think a lot of it was that first transition. He was like the first one to bring a lot of eyeballs to one of his fights on FX. I can't remember if it was with Belfort or Rockhold. I think both of them did pretty well, but it was one of those fights. Like he just had a, a way of generating. Wait, enough. which one? What were you saying? I can't remember which one. It was one of his FX fights okay. when UFC first went signed the Fox deal and everything. They were I remember on. the first big fight with him and uh, it was him and Chael. Remember he stepped up and fought. That Chael's was on Fox, him. but yeah. I'm talking about. Oh, okay. He brought. Like, that was one time I saw his real drawing power. He brought ratings to FX. I think it was against Belfort. <laughs> yeah, it was one of them, and I, that's when I really knew how popular he was. And he just knew a way to just get to generate heat for his fights. He knew how to sell them. Um, he, was, he was in mostly exciting fights. He was an action fighter. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be different not having... Because he, he controlled that European market for so long. It's like you always thought of him synonymous with London. And uh, it was good for him. I was I was very happy to see him win a title. I thought he was one of those people that, you know, thought maybe wouldn't have won a title, but he finally got one. So that was cool to see. Yeah, he was the poster boy of screaming that everybody was on steroids. Yeah. And if you look at who he fought, when he fought them, I mean, he it seems to be that he was right. Well, and it was great justification that as soon as USADA came into play, as soon as they came into play, Michael Bisping took that fight on two weeks' notice against Luke Rockhold and became the champ, and it was just so vindicated. I remember UFC 199, him versus Luke Rockhold. First of all, one of the greatest underdog stories in mixed martial arts history. But yeah, I gave him no chance. It's one of the greatest moments I remember uh, was Michael Bisping winning that title. I mean, I just everybody, for a guy you spent so much of his career not liking very much, because of maybe his pompous attitude and his confidence that I think a lot of people misread. I mean, it was one of the greatest sporting moments for the UFC ever. And you have to admire the guy. His his doubt to never quit and never say that he was never going to win the title. Even after a loss, a devastating loss. He always said he'll be right back. And he always proved it. I think he came to the tail end of his career. I thought the best we saw him was on that run when he fought Anderson Silva and then went and won the title against Luke Rockhold and then avenged that loss to Dan Henderson. I know he got that big shot, but I still think the nightmares crept him in the head because Michael Bisping was probably part of arguably the biggest knockout in mixed martial arts history with Dan Henderson knocking him out at UFC 100. He was the most posterized guy mm -hmm. in that sport. 
And then for him to avenge that loss, and then, of course, fight a dream fight where he made a lot of money. He cashed in against GSP. And I always said that Shanghai fight with him and Kelvin Gastelum was like, well, he was coming off that knee injury. He was in shape. He didn't like to feel taste of defeat. He wanted to cash in one more check before he left. And that's what he did. I think he's hanging him up at the absolute perfect time. He's having a problem with his eyes. I really believe that knee surgery he had, that most recent one, the one that mm -hmm. kept him out for a while, yeah. I don't think he's been the same since then. So the nagging injuries are starting to catch up. He's made his money. He obviously has a career afterwards in broadcasting and with his podcast, which seems to be very popular. You know, God bless him and his family. I applaud his mixed martial arts career. I enjoyed every second of it. I've always been a fan of Michael Bisping, and I look forward to see what he's doing in the future. And I also look forward to him hopefully soon being inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. So, something that's really went under the radar. Of course, Dana White had about a 20-minute interview after the, the Liverpool fight. Mm -hmm. Something he said in there that's really been under the radar is he actually confirmed 100% that he has been talking with professional boxer, undefeated Mikey Garcia, about bringing him in the UFC, Zufa boxing, whatever you want to call it. Why are we not hearing more about this right now? What's your thoughts? I think because there's no real plans in place. They don't have anything yet. I think they're just working on it. Because um, my question is, like, if Zufa Boxing was to happen, what do they put it on? Do they put it on pay-per-view? Do they put it on... Do they get a TV deal? There's nothing in place. So who knows? Maybe they just sign a few guys and manage them at first. I don't know. I have no idea what the plans are for Zufa Boxing. I mean, if they're going to really get into boxing, they need a whole roster, not just one fighter. So I have no idea. I mean, I could see how they can get a couple fighters, and that's how boxing works. You just get one or two guys, and you just fill the undercard up and just hold a show. But I don't know. It's just like I like I was thinking maybe that's leverage for them also to go on ESPN or ESPN+. Plus maybe Zufa Boxing that we don't know of is part of that package or could be in the future part of that package or maybe that's why you know Fight Pass it could be a big part of Fight Pass who knows but them being interested in Mikey Garcia they could be talking to him but I'm sure a lot of people are talking to him so I don't know what to make both sides are interested it's just you know I'm just waiting for it to come out uh, one thing I found interesting was Dana said if the UFC Boxing does start he's not going to run he's going to put somebody else in charge yeah, he's going to oversee it, but somebody else will be in charge. UFC and the mixed martial arts is always going to be his baby. I believe he has aspirations to to get in the boxing. I don't believe his plans are as extravagant as some people might think they could be. He might try to form a league or whatever, but you know, I think he might just have his own boxing that he throws on. It, I always looked at it as a thing where he might get into it just to have something to offer on Fight Pass. Now that they got the ESPN deal, who knows? I always looked at it as something like a possible option to add the fight pass. They get one or two decent fighters, it entices more people to pony up and buy mm -hmm. fight pass. That's what I always looked at. Which, by as. the way, I realized the other day with fight pass, since the UFC is keeping it. Now, me, I have to keep fight pass because, like I said, I like to put my money where my mouth is. And I actually like going back and breaking down the fights before they yeah. happen. Um, it's actually only $8 a month, not 10 But that's with a commitment. Yeah, it's a year-long commitment. But yeah. if you're committed to it like I am... It's $8 a month. You're adding the $5 for ESPN+. Plus. 
I mean, that's not really bad. And if you want to complain about your cable bill for the 10 UFC cards, one benefit you're going to have if it's on any platform at ESPN TV, you can go to any bar in the world and watch that. They'll have it on. Yeah. Very simple. Um, but with that being said, the Mikey Garcia unboxing thing, it just shows that they're for real and they're going to enter the boxing business. He said he never talked to Anthony Joshua. And that proposal was never made, but he did say they were supposed to speak, but his health problems kept him away from it as he's having problems with that, what is it, Meniere's disease, his ear again. So that's the only thing that kept them from talking. And, and obviously, Anthony Joshua is not leaving Eddie Hearn. I'm waiting to see what the future is in that, but I'm just not as big a boxing fan as I am mixed martial arts. I respect and like a big boxing contest. But there's something about mixed martial arts. I just still think it triumphs, and it's just so more entertaining to watch all the fights as a whole. And that's how you're supposed to watch these events. So one thing whole. I believe the difference is, and this is just me, personal, I can watch a whole night or a whole main card or anything like that of an MMA night of fights a lot easier than I can watch a five-fight boxing main card. Mm -hmm. And that's me. That's where I understand why like it's only one fight. Sometimes I think they could throw two. Yeah, you know at least, but like I get it why you don't stack because every cards. fight on a mixed martial arts card is so different it from can, the next yeah, because of the every, all different scenarios and because it's mixed martial arts. Yeah, every fight has a chance of just being different as opposed to when you watch boxing, you're just watching a lot of the same things over mm -hmm. and over. And to me, it's just repetitive, and you only really it's just my personal opinion. Yeah. I just I just care about only like one even fight. with Bellator. I know we give it a hard time sometimes, but I gotta at least admit. I mean, maybe the quality of fighters isn't as great as, a, obviously, the UFC product, but there is flashes of greatness in between. And the last three events for Bellator, you can honestly say, delivered, right? Yeah. So, well, moving on from that, let's talk about what's going on this weekend. Live from UFC in Utica, New York. I tell you what, I wasn't really as stoked about this main event, maybe because I was so invested into Steven Wonderboy Thompson against Darren Till, then now it's just like, today it officially hit me. The main event, Marlon Marias versus Jimmy Rivera, that, that is as good as mixed martial arts gets, right? And is this not a number one contender fight in the 135-pound division? Uh, I can't guarantee that. Because you got a return on Dominic Cruz soon. We'll see if he gets a fight and what, what pans out there. The championship isn't even until August. So there's still months away for that. So I can't guarantee that yet. But what I can but say is... But does it is, not seem like the, the the consensus is this should be the number one It seems like fight? it should be. But say if Dominic Cruz comes back soon, he wins a fight. You know, it's around the same time as the other one. What's going to draw more? Mm -hmm. Let's face it. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. But I do like this fight a lot. And I, the one reason I'm looking forward to it is because I, I felt like the last two main events kind of like, you know, didn't deliver as much. So I'm hoping this one stylistically... Like, I just don't see how this one can be boring. You know, I know a lot of people said that about Till and Wonder, Wonder Boy. Boy but I mean, I was on my edge of my seat the whole time for that fight, just waiting for that one big. I mean, yeah. it was intriguing in a way. Yeah. But was it what you officially expected? No, but that's that's what happens when you have I never two expected guys. it to be a slugfest like everybody thought mm -hmm. it was going to be. I was like, they're not going to go out there and fight like that. But I thought, you know. Regardless, it showed Till could hang with the best in the world, though. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Well, on the feet for sure. I don't know about it. That's why I want him to fight like a That's Usman why Usman would be an interesting challenge. Because I want to see what he can do against yeah. a great wrestler. But um, I do think this fight has you know possible fireworks all over it because I know for a fact that Jimmy Rivera is very well-rounded. He's looked really good. He should get a title shot if he wins. 
and then Marlon Marias, we know about his knockout power and all that stuff. So I'm just hoping, you know, this one delivers and it ends up being a great fight. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm I'm in love with this main event. I still love the 135 pound division. I don't think we give it enough love sometimes. That is a very good division, especially at the top. It's very intriguing, very interesting. This card, uh, I really do not sleep on Gregor Gillespie in the main event. He looks every bit of a top fighter. He looks very good, and they're really giving him a push on this card. I'm not as crazy about a lot of the fights on this card. Um, they have some slugfests. I mean, Sam Alvey versus Jean Vellante. That's going to be a slugfest. You might want to grab a beer and watch that one. They're going to hit each other as hard as they can in the face. Who's Jean Vellante fighting? Sam Alvey. Okay. But I'm actually very intrigued. I'm going to go all the way down to the UFC Fight Pass prelims. I do like Ben Saunders and Jake Ellenberger. Though. There's two debuting fighters. There's Jose Shorty Torres. I've been in love with this kid on the regional scene. He's 7-0 as in a mixed martial arts uh, professional record, but he's – I don't know the number off the top of my head, but he has an extensive undefeated career as an amateur too. And you put them both together, he looks every bit as maybe a future contender for Demetrius Johnson at 125 pounds. And then the one up from that is Nathaniel Wood from the UK. Now, he's from um, uh, Cage Warriors. If you walk, go back and watch that guy's last couple fights, this kid looks amazing. He looks every bit as good as you see overseas. He, I am excited for this kid to make his debut. He's going up against a veteran and Johnny Eduardo, but I'm very intrigued by those two debuts. I've been calling for them for months now to get in the UFC. But one of them's really short notice, isn't it? Jose Torres. But he's been. If you look at his social media, this guy for months doesn't. He didn't care if it was short notice or not. He's been begging for a crack, and they're giving it to him. Love this guy. He's one of my fighters to watch. Nathaniel Wood, Gregor Gillespie, and guys, in the main event, please just crack a cold one, sit back, and enjoy. That fight should be awesome. Plus, there's some real-life bad blood in that one. Just look up the history. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to the table today, Sean? No, I'm good. Well, I guess that'll do it. Thanks again for joining us at the table, you knuckleheads. We always enjoy it when you stop by. My name is Joe Newbauer at Joe Knows MMA. This was Sean Newbauer at the MMA Insomniac. You can catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Podcast Attic. We love you guys and girls. Enjoy the fights. Don't drink and drive. Peace.